You know, we, we've been talking for about six weeks now about the final words of Jesus from the cross. And we brought that sermon series to a conclusion last week with those very powerful words, it is finished. And now this week I, I wanted to take just a few moments and I wanted to talk about one of the many conversations that Jesus had following His resurrection and see what we could learn from that particular conversation. It occurred three days after the death of Jesus there on the cross. And there was a man by the name of Cleopas and his friend who were traveling from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. And as the two of them are traveling, they're talking about all the things that had transpired in those previous few days. They're, they're talking about the death of Jesus. They're talking about how their, their hopes all their hopes of that earthly kingdom just didn't come to pass. They're talking about all that Jesus had gone through. And then suddenly a, a stranger, a stranger begins to walk with them, listening, talking to them. He said to them, what is the conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad that question of jesus stopped these two individuals cold in their tracks and, and i can only imagine after the roller coaster of the past few days they had expelled i can only imagine how their heart must have been broken i can only imagine how their tears must have been felt filled with with or excuse me their eyes filled with tears i can only imagine how they must have been absolutely heartbroken so Cleopas answers this question with a question of his own. He says, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? In southern boy language, we would say, are you kidding me? <laughs> you, you don't know? You, you haven't heard about everything that just happened? You're kidding, right? I mean... You don't know? And he said to them, What things? So at that point, Cleopas and his friend, his companion, they begin to tell Jesus all that had happened over those past several days. And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. And moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the woman, women had said, but... But him they did not see. Now, the kicker in all of this <laughs> is that the very one Cleopas is talking about, he's talking to. And he doesn't even know it. If you back up to verse 15, it says, while they were talking and discussing together, that's Cleopas and his friend, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Jesus. This the same Jesus, this same Jesus that they had they had heard teach and preach, 
The same Jesus that possibly they had seen perform miracles to to determine He was the very Son of God, the very Messiah, the very One whom He said He was. This, this same Jesus that just days before had rode triumphantly into Jerusalem as people were praising Him and hailing Him and saying, Hail the King of the Jews! This Jesus, this Jesus they had seen mocked and beaten. This Jesus that they had seen hung on the cross. This Jesus whose, whose lifeless body they watched take down. This Jesus is the very Jesus that's with them. They don't even know it. So how? How could they not know? Well, verse 16 tells us. It says their eyes were kept from recognizing Him. He's not a spirit. He, he's not a ghost. He's not a vision. Uh, he, he, he's not uh, some type of um, figment of their imagination. He's real. He is real. He is flesh and bones. The same flesh and bones that He appeared to His disciples in that upper room. He is real. He is in their presence. Physically in their presence. But for the time, they are not able to see Him for who He is. I think a very important lesson that I need to to glean from that, that I need to remember, is that Jesus is always with us. That as we travel the road of life, Jesus is always walking with us. He walks with us in our heartache. He walks with us in our disappointment. He walks with us in our sorrow. He walks with us in our uncertainty. He walks with us in our doubt. He walks with us in our grief. Whatever it is that this life throws at us, that can absolutely tear us apart sometimes, making us feel as though we wonder how, how much worse it could possibly get. We, we feel so alone. We feel like no one understands. We feel like no one is there. But my Jesus is. This same Jesus who walked with those two on that road that day, this same Jesus is still alive. And He walks with us through whatever the, the disappointments of this life may be. Now like Cleopas, like Cleopas, sometimes we have a hard time recognizing Jesus in the moment. Why? Why do they have such a hard time? Remember what they had said. They said, we had hoped that He was the one to redeem Israel. This Jesus, the one who rode in so triumphantly, the one that they believed was the Son of God, the Messiah, this Jesus, they didn't quite understand the whole picture, did they? Because this Jesus, they put all of their eggs in one basket. That this Jesus was there to overthrow Rome. This Jesus was there to lead an earthly army, to establish an earthly kingdom, to restore Israel to its once prominence here on earth. This Jesus was who they were putting their hope in. And he didn't do that, did he? He fell terribly short of accomplishing that goal that so many of his followers had in the moment, hoping that that's what he would do, that he would come and redeem Israel. He would restore them back to that place of prominence and power. So here they are on the road to a.
Yes, and they're walking and they're stuck. They're stuck in what? They are stuck in their disappointment. And all they can do is continue to talk about what they hoped for. That which they wanted so desperately that didn't happen. You know, they hoped for something deeply and it didn't come to pass. And when that happens, we can feel so heartbroken in this life that sometimes we actually find ourselves stuck in our own disappointments in this life. We face financial or medical setbacks sometimes that may lead to great disappointment. We face the disappointment of feeling hurt by those around us. We feel the the disappointment of going through the grief of losing someone we love. We face these situations and so many more, countless others, that day after day can lead to feeling disappointed. And all too often, if we're not careful, we allow ourselves to get stuck. We allow ourselves to become trapped by our own disappointments of this life. We know what that feeling is like. But like Cleopas, we need to remember that Jesus is still with us. Like Cleopas, Jesus is still walking the road of life with us. Even in those darkest moments, even in those times of uncertainty and doubt, even in heartache and pain, no matter what life may be throwing at us, no matter how stuck we may be feeling, He is still there. He's with us in the moment. And He is with us to serve as a constant companion and guide so that we know that we're not alone. So that we know that we are loved with an everlasting love from our Heavenly Father. So that we know we serve a risen Savior who still is alive. Who with Him absolutely nothing is impossible. We serve a risen Savior who walks with us through this life. So that we can have hope knowing that the disappointments of this life, that's not all that there is. There is so much more waiting for us beyond this life filled with disappointment and heartache if we will continue to keep our eyes on Jesus. If we will continue to walk with Him through this life. There is so, so much more. Other times, maybe we don't recognize Jesus because... We're just not really looking for Him in the moment. He may be there, but but we're not really looking for Him ourselves. News had already spread about that empty tomb. Cleopas and his companion, they knew the news. They knew that there were those who said they had gone to that empty tomb and that there were angels there and that there were others who had verified it. They knew all of that. But they still left Jerusalem. They weren't out looking for the risen Savior, were they? They were on their way home because life had been so tumultuous. Everything had been so up and down. So they're going home. Sometimes when we face the disappointments of this life, we do find ourselves questioning whether or not Jesus is real. We find ourselves questioning whether or not He's really here. We find ourselves questioning whether or not we we know or feel His presence among us. And I want to tell you this morning that if that's where you are, the best place to find Jesus is in Scripture. It's exactly where Jesus took Cleopas and his companion. Jesus 
talked to them about himself. He took them back to Scripture. Let's go back to our text in Luke 24, beginning in verse 25. He said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. All scripture, church, all scripture points back to Jesus. From the beginning to the end. It is a story about Jesus. Jesus is, He is the fulfillment of that plan of redemption that we speak of and study about. Jesus is faithful to answer all of His promises. Jesus loves you and always will. Jesus will never forsake you. Jesus will honor His Word. But sometimes we don't, well, we don't spend enough time in Scripture to truly know who Jesus is. To have that strong relationship where our faith can be grounded in the Word of God. And while these men, they didn't know who Jesus was, they would say later, after He made Himself, after He revealed Himself to Him, they would say later that they felt there was just something in them that knew who it was even before He revealed Himself just based on the things that He was saying. If you go over to verse 32, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while He talked to us the Scriptures? Do you want to see Jesus in your life? Then Jesus is the Word. You take the Word every day. You spend time in the Word of God. You read it, and you keep reading it. You study it, and you keep studying. You meditate over it, and you keep meditating over it. You listen to it, and you keep listening to it. You obey it, and you keep obeying it. We must spend time in the Word of God if we want Jesus to be revealed to us from day to day. We also can see Jesus at the table. At the table is where the eyes of these two men, where they were finally opened. Going over to verse 30 now, it says, When he he sat with them, he took the bread and he blessed and broke it and he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. Man, what a moment. (laughs) To, To know that in that moment, you as a follower of Jesus, you as someone who have been so upset over what has happened in the past 72 hours, to know that, that He has been with you and He's been with you explaining Himself to you. And now in this moment, when this moment, when you finally get it, you've, it's finally revealed to you who this is sitting across from you. And then He's gone. He revealed Himself as He blessed and He broke the bread. Church, every Sunday, every Lord's Day, we come together and we commune. We commune around the table of Christ. 
and, and we partake of that bread which represents his body and we partake of that fruit of the vine which represents the blood that he shed and we we do that not because it's our tradition not not because it's just something that we think is a good thing no we do it because in that time we believe that we have very special communion not just with one another but more importantly with Christ. With Christ as we celebrate what He did for us. Something that, that no one or nothing else could ever do. Like our brother Billy Wayne was saying a moment ago, that, that perfect, spotless, without blemish sacrifice, sinless. That's Jesus. And when we spend time with one another, we spend time around the table partaking those those sweet emblems that He left behind for us, it should open our eyes to who He is, to how glorious He is, the reality of His existence in our life from day to day. Now, if we want to spend time with Jesus, if we want to begin to see Him in our life, please understand He's not going to force Himself on you. He's not going to tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, Blake, I really want to hang out with you right now. But rather, He's waiting for you and for me to invite Him into our life. Let's go back to our text for a moment. Luke 24, verse 28. It says, So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and He acted as if He were going farther. So it seems like they've had a really good conversation with Jesus. He's about to head a little bit further down the road. But they urged Him strongly, Stay with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. Is your heart's desire to spend time with Jesus? Is your heart's desire to to know Him better? Not to just know more about Him, but to, through a relationship, to grow and to truly know who He is. We have those opportunities as we study His Word. We have those opportunities as we assemble one with another and commune around that precious table. And when we begin to see who Jesus really is, when we begin to understand that He is our risen Savior, it should make an impact on our life like nothing else. Going over down to verse 33. This is after Jesus made Himself aware who he was to them. It says, They arose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. That Sunday, that Sunday they left Jerusalem despondent, Discouraged? Absolutely disappointed. Their hopes, their hopes had been crushed. That which they had hoped would happen had not happened. But the moment their eyes were opened, the moment they began to see and to understand and to know Jesus, 
They ran back to Jerusalem with this wonderful news, with, with this good news. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how their hopelessness had turned to hope? And can you imagine how their grief had been turned to joy? Can you imagine how their tears had been turned to laughter? And for us, for us, if we truly believe that we serve a risen Savior, that we can know Jesus, then we too should be able to leave this place filled with hope. No matter what the circumstances of life may be, no matter what we may go through, no matter the uncertainty, the heartbreak, the sorrow, the doubt, the grief, no matter what it is that we face, we should have a hope that knows we're never alone. That Jesus is always with us. Walking. Hand in hand. Leading us. Leading us through the trials of life whatever they may be. This morning, I don't know, maybe you're going through one of those uncertainties of life. Maybe you would like for us, as your church family, to pray for you and to pray with you as you strive to, to put your trust and to put your hope in Jesus. Because you see, sometimes... It's the biggest step whenever we're going through the, the disappointments of this life, right? Sometimes when we find ourselves stuck in those disappointments, the biggest, most needed, most important, but probably the hardest step to take is to finally take our eyes and our attention off of the disappointment and put it back on Jesus. Because it is so easy to get trapped by the disappointments of this life. It is so easy to go through this life feeling as though there is no hope. When we know, we know there's hope. Because we know Jesus. We can help you today to find that hope for the very first time. Or maybe help restore that hope. Won't you come while we stand and sing?